Wade into Wealth, taking one of life's most intimidating topics, money, your financial well-being, and providing simple, easy-to-understand ways to be more comfortable with your own financial health. This is Wade into Wealth, brought to you by the Wade Group at Brighton Securities. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Wade into Wealth as we start the month of February. The first thing I heard uh, one of the first things I heard this morning is that you were kind of a, a downer in, like the, <laughs> yeah. in the, the main part of the office. because Catching a lot of heat for that. We're, talk- we're recording this on Groundhog's Day. It's Friday, February 2nd. Happy Groundhog's Day. I don't know what happened. but um, Whatever it was, it, it signaled that spring would be here Spring's coming early. And, like it and matters. so um, I was told, oh, your brother is kind of a downer this morning. Like, you know, he said that, you know, that's not really accurate. Well, I just provided that, like I saw a headline the other day that said he's... Correct, less than 40% of the time. Well, and I just... I just pointed that out. I, I said, uh, my response to the person telling me this is, yeah, I'm with him on this one. Like, <laughs> it's a coin flip, is yeah. what it is. There's no science yeah. behind it. It's a, you know, it's a fun tradition. I get that. But there's, yeah, I mean, it would be like 40% because less it's than, probably, or, or whatever. Yeah. It's a coin toss. There's yep. no actual reasoning to it. So anyway, this is where we it's, are. I mean, it's good for him. He's got a heck of a bunker. He's got a great living situation. Yeah, it's not bad. There's a reason that is an incredibly obese groundhog. Oh, sure. Because he yeah. does nothing. He gets fed, yeah. you know, three squares a day. Yeah, he's warm good. Warm home. He's good. Yeah, no pre- no one doesn't All have to worry about do predators. come outside once a year. Show up once a year. <laughs> doesn't do anything. Nope. They just, just hold him up. There. I mean, Man, that's what the a job. job. Yeah, what right. A job. Hey, you can see, out. like, the wheels are turning here. <laughs> that's the job. Yeah. Man, yeah, unfortunately, there's only one of those. So yep. anyway, we've spent a minute and a half on Punxsutawney Phil now. That's enough. Time to move on. Um, we're going to talk about money markets today and the the massive amount of money, $6 trillion currently, and that's in the United States yeah. alone, sitting in money market funds. It's the highest amount in 16 years we haven't had interest rates anywhere close to this in in that period of time. Well, and and I correct myself. It is the it is because yields are at their highest point yeah. in sixteen years. Um, but a lot of questions surrounding this because we've kind of hit the end. Well, it appears as if we are closer to the end of the interest rate hiking party that we've been we've had a role yeah. in the last couple of years, and so there is there is some changes coming down the pike there. Um, before we get into money markets and and kind of what to to be looking at doing or what you should have on top of your mind going forward. Uh, today, Facebook came out, very strong earnings. Again, this is Friday, February 2nd. I think the stock's up like 20% this morning. Amazon as, we're as well. It. Amazon up, uh, as well. A little more than 6.5%. Facebook declared a dividend. Not mm-hmm. a huge dividend, but a dividend. And, and First one ever. First one ever. And, and they've been public now. They went public uh, in 2012. Mm. At uh, May of 2012, at uh, $40 a share, the stock went down very, they, they propped the stock up the, the, the day it went public on the day of the IPO. And then it went down to like $23 a share. Yeah. Um, but if you bought and held uh, for the last, what is that, 12, 12 years, years uh, it's like okay. $450 yep. a share today. Not so terrible. It's worked out okay. Yeah. But um, anyway, so I, I already got one question this morning. Someone, a client who doesn't own Facebook stock called and said, they kind of lamented, I kind of wish we had Facebook stock. Yep. I said, well, you don't own it individually, but there are different ways that you own companies like that, especially like a Facebook or an Amazon or Google, even if you don't have the individual stock. Yeah, and chances are, if you have a growth-oriented mutual fund in your 401k, IRA, investment account, 
or an ETF, uh, Facebook, or technically, I think it's called Meta, Meta. Um, is probably one of the top five to 10 holdings yep. in that fund. So when you look at and kind of peel back the onion to look at what's inside of the fund, chances are Meta, Facebook, is probably one of the largest holdings in some of the mutual funds that you want, if they're growth-oriented. You know, if it's a bond fund, it's not going to be in there. If it's a equity income fund to try to generate dividends, probably not going to be a high uh, high percentage in there. But if it's a growth-oriented mutual fund or just fund in general, chances are it's one of the largest positions inside of that, and you have exposure there, and you are benefiting from it having such a strong day. If you have an S&P 500 index fund, any kind of mutual fund that has large growth in the title, yeah. You've got them in there. Facebook. And not only are they in there, but they're probably one of the biggest holders. Probably. And you probably own a significant chunk yep. of them in there. So there are there are many ways to get that kind of exposure. And the benefit there is you do get to participate somewhat in days like this where the mark or that company is up exceedingly, is doing exceedingly well, but you are protected a bit in the event that some the other the other the other side of that coin flip happens, which is Something really, really bad happens. If you've got a fund, you have a little protection on that from, uh, you know, those worst case scenarios. So um, if you have, if you don't have Facebook on a day like today or Amazon, it's okay. You've probably got it somewhere else yep. um, without without it being incredibly obvious. All right, let's talk about money market funds. Back to money market yeah, funds. Yeah, back to money market funds. Yeah. So I want to talk about a couple of questions today because right now I think the average yield on money market funds is about f- between 4.8, 5.2%. Yep. It's pretty attractive. Right around 5%. Right. Let's call it five. That's right in the middle. Yeah, right in the middle. Um, so I want to talk about why yields on money market funds are still higher than a lot of bonds or CDs, uh, which have started to come down. Strategies for redeploying that money mm-hmm. is rates come down and other fixed income alternatives. This is something we've had a lot of conversations with our clients about, or here are some other alternatives. First thing, let's just take a minute and explain what a money market fund is. Go ahead. Thank you. Happy it to help. is um, often we think of them, or, or you'll see it on your statement referred to as what's called a cash alternative. Uh, and a money market fund just invests in very high quality, short term fixed income investments. And it's usually going to be government bonds, mm-hmm. typically known as treasuries. And the idea is that. You have these high-quality short-term investments, treasuries, that can provide a lot of liquidity but be able to provide interest rates above and beyond what your savings account may be paying you or just a typical cash position in a checking account may be paying you. And the thing with those is that because they're such short-term securities, the yields on them get recalculated very frequently, and they are very susceptible to interest rate changes in the marketplace often daily they're calculated daily and so it's not so much that the money market fund is paying more interest than bonds or cds typically they're going to be in line with those short-term securities it's just that the when you stretch it out a little bit further for bonds or cds now the money market funds are paying more and that's something that is different and unique about the circumstances today Because normally when you go out further on what's called the maturity scale, that's a jargon term. The maturity scale just means how long until this investment comes due and you get your money back. For a lot of CDs, it's, you know, six months, 12 months, 13 months at at most typically if you're getting it from a bank. 
that's when it's maturing and coming due for you. Historically, when you get something that matures further on down the road, theoretically, you should get more interest because your money is being tied up for longer. Right. What is unique about today is that it is the opposite. When you tie money up for longer, you're actually getting a lower interest rate than if you get a short-term security today. And that's why money market funds, short-term treasuries, bonds, or CDs, and we're talking about short-term, you know, three months, less than Mm -hmm. that, are paying higher interest rates than the longer-term maturing securities, which is not normal. Right. An inverted yield curve is the jargon term um, that you may have heard. And a couple of other distinctions. So with a money market fund, that return is the return right now. It's yeah, not for guaranteed. a year, and and if you hold it for a year, right. and it stayed in, at that rate. And that's I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah. Often we think, well, we're getting five percent, maybe every month. No, that is a, an annualized rate of return based on what it's paying today. It's a twelve month. Re- if yep. you hold it for twelve months, that is what you will get. If yep. you have a money market fund paying five percent and you hold it for six months, you'll get two and, two and a half percent. Look at that. We didn't even Look get that. calculated. That's for good. That. That's good. That's real sharp. <laughs> um, but it is, it's a big distinction because one of the benefits of things like bonds or CDs is that you are, in most cases, you'll get that return unless a bond or CD is called early. You get that return for the mature, for the period you own it yep. for the length of that. That could be one, two, three, four, five years, which is nice with a money market fund. You know what the return is today, but it's, it's subject to change at any point in time. Very and, likely and, to change. Just a matter of yeah. does it go up or down. So that's a big distinction to, um, to keep in mind. How have you used money market funds the past six months, which is really about how long they've really been yep. attractive? Well, there's a couple of different instances. Um, some is if you're a client and you know, you're taking normal distributions, we'll typically keep six months worth of your distributions and cash mm-hmm. on the sidelines just for liquidity purposes. However, that cash on the sidelines isn't generating much in the way of interest. Yep. So it's really easy to say, let's take half of that and just put it in the money market fund. And in a couple months, we'll peel it out and uh, kind of replenish it. So it's helpful there. I did have a client recently who they know that they're going to purchase another home at some point. Yep. And so we wanted to take the money out of risk and risk-oriented investments, think of stocks or longer-term bonds, so that they had liquidity but we're still going to get a better interest rate than if they just put it in their savings account at the bank. But the thing with real estate, you don't know when you're going to find the house you want. Mm-hmm. You can find it tomorrow. You could find it in six months. You could find it in a year. So we didn't want to tie that money up in a CD or a bond. We wanted the liquidity flexibility that a money market fund provides in simple terms. It just means we want to be able to get the money when mm-hmm. we need it, but at the same time, wanted to be able to generate interest much higher than what a savings account or checking account or just yeah. having cash was able yeah, to pay. It's perfect. Um, one of the stories that I, this was a win for us and a win for the organization is that we have a, a, a nonprofit organization that uh, we work with and one of their, they have two accounts here. One of their accounts has to be held in cash. It's just a cash account. Yep. And for years, for the last couple of years, it's been earning next to nothing. Mm-hmm. And probably six months ago on a call with the board, I said, hey, let's, let's consider putting this and it was almost half a million dollars. Let's put this money that has to stay in cash into this money market fund. It can stay there. You have access to it whenever you need. Um, And at the time, and it still is at 5.4%. And so for this organization, this cash account that was earning, um, let's call it half a 1% a year 
is now getting is now earning almost thirty thousand yep. dollars a year in interest. Now, if it lasts twelve months, and that's been part of the conversation, is this can this can change? But they're getting almost two thousand dollars a month interest right sure. now, yeah, just for having it held as a cash alternative. So, and even if the rate comes down, it's a yep. lot better than it was two years ago. If it goes from five point four to four point eight, that's still okay. If it goes to three, that's still, still okay. Still cont- I mean, we'll look at it, and because of the human psychology, we'll think, "Well, I used to be able to get five percent on this," but if we think twenty four months ago, you weren't even getting one percent on no. that. No. So it's uh it's really nice for folks who maybe you have some build up savings at the bank that isn't earning much, but you still want to have access to it if and when you need it, the money market fund is a good yeah. good alternative and a good option just to generate a little bit more interest for you. So we talked about why money market fund yields are still higher than a lot of bonds or CDs, which have, have seen their yields start to come down. Because yep. there is a, a healthy amount of anticipation based on what the Federal Reserve has been saying the last couple of months, that interest rates are likely to be remaining stable and eventually declining. Mm-hmm. So there's not a huge incentive for an organization or a bank to be issuing CDs or bonds now at higher rates that you would have to pay an investor. Correct. Because if rates come down, you can offer lower yields and they still look fairly attractive. Which is important to note that that is the expectation that rates will come down. Yes. Because that's what the fixed income market is telling us. We talked about how it's not normal for those longer term securities Mm -hmm. to pay less interest than the short term securities. That, but that gives us a view into what investors are thinking and what the market is telling us because it's, it's always telling us something. Mm-hmm. It's telling us that it's widely anticipated that interest rates are going to come down. And that's why those longer-term rates are lower than they are today. Now, as an investor, that doesn't mean that getting a little bit of a longer-term bond than longer than six months is a bad idea for you. So why, why wouldn't it be a bad idea to get something that maybe for three years will pay you four and a half percent. But today, if we got a six month one, it would pay us five and a quarter. Why would, why would we want to lock in a little bit of a longer term rate, even though it's a little bit lower than if we got a short term security? That's a good question. Do you want to answer it? You want me to answer it? No, you go ahead. The idea is, well, if we lock in at four and a half percent in a short term bond today and, and two, three years, we still very much consider a short term bond. When that six-month bond comes due that's paying you 5%, it's possible that you won't be able to get 4.5% at that point. Maybe now you're getting 4%. Maybe you're getting 3.75. So even though you locked in a rate that was lower than what you could have gotten, you were able to get a rate that's better than it could be in the future. Yep. No one knows, but the market is telling us that there is a wide expectation that interest rates two years from now, three years from now, four or five years from now, will be lower than they are today. Yeah, and the Federal Reserve has been fairly uh, transparent about this. They're telling us, Very much look, so, yeah. this, and they came out the most recent meeting, they said, look, we're not, we, we are anticipating bringing interest rates down. We're not doing it right now, but we do anticipate it happening. So the conversation with a lot of these money market funds has to be, and I've had this with clients, is, look, we're not getting this we're probably not getting this for 12 to 18 months. Mm-hmm. It's it's likely to come down at some point. We don't know when. It's still attractive. But right now, there's $6 trillion in the United States in money market funds. What 
should you, if you're an investor, what should you be thinking about in terms of possibly redeploying this money? Because a lot of this money has come into money market funds as people have been skittish about the stock market, skittish about the economy, and you get a good return. But the S&P 500 made 25% last year. Mm -hmm. Someone might be fairly skittish and think, well, market's pretty high. What do you do with this money? It's a fairly, it's also a fairly individual question too. It's not, a, yes. there's not a one size fits all answer, but let's talk, let's, let's break this up. Let's say you're someone that is looking for some growth, had some money, younger, uh, willing to take a little more risk, some strategies to redeploying some of this money that you might have in money market funds right now. Put it back to work in long-term oriented securities that are in line with what your objectives are. If you're young and you don't need this money right now, timing the market is not going to help you. It's because it can't be done. Can't it's yep. not can't be done over successfully over a long period of time. If you do it well in a short period of time, you got lucky, mm -hmm. and that's you can keep trying by all means, fine. But the reality is, the best way to building wealth is to have your money invested and allow it to continue to give you the potential to accumulate and have compound interest, which is truly the eighth wonder of the world. Yeah, that's if you're young. And you don't need this money anytime soon. Ignore the ebbs and flows of the market and just focus on the next 10, 15, 20, 30 years from now and keep that money to work. Don't be trying to get in and out of the stock market. You'll end up hindering your performance over a longer term time horizon. And something you could consider if you're thinking, well, I don't want to just put it all back into the stock market. Fine. Dollar cost average it in. Mm -hmm. Choose an amount or a percentage and say, I am going to put X amount of dollars, I'm going to transition X amount of dollars from the money market into an index fund, what have you, every month. But stick with it. And be consistent. Well, this is yep. where you kind of automate it. Yep. You can right. automate yep. these things. And, and that is, you know, that is pretty close uh, after compound interest. Automated contributions are a wonderful thing. Yep. They take the thinking and the guesswork out of it. It's the only way to buy low. Buy more low and buy less when prices are high. Yep. Um, so, so that's something you can do. Now, um... This has been a conversation that's come up a lot lately. Ooh, fixed income alternatives. So you're a more conservative investor, someone who may be retired, and you've had assets in money market funds. Maybe uh, we should call them money market alternatives. Yeah, money market alternatives. I think money market. It's going to be different types of sure. fixed income, right? That's where that's where we're going with it. Well, yeah, and I think the question is, well, what are our objectives for this money? Because mm -hmm. there are some clients that we've said, well, let's just put it into a money market right now. We don't need to. Yep. do anything with it. They're not necessarily looking to use it, but you're getting a good return. Let's put it there for now. Yep. And then there's people who they've set this money aside for something specific and are just trying to get a little yep. better return. Those are two different people. They are. So for the person, let's start. The person who is not necessarily earmarking this money for a specific purpose. It's just, it's in an IRA and they're looking to get a, get a good conservative return. Alternatives. Well, you can look at good quality corporate bonds, mm -hmm. and those are going to be similar in terms of the type of interest you can expect on it, but you'll be able to get those for a little bit longer. Yep. Um, I mean, you could always consider some dividend-paying companies, equities, but I've done enough speaking on this topic. Yeah, so no, that's fair. To you. Well, and I think I'm thinking in my mind, like, all right, this should be another episode on bonds because there are different ways to be investing in bonds right now because yep. you can you can buy a bond that is going to pay 7.5% interest. You'll pay a little bit of a premium for it. You'll overpay for the bond, but your overall yield might be 5.2. Mm -hmm. And there are bonds that are of good quality but pay very low interest that 
uh, you know, they might be paying one and a half percent interest, but have a, an overall yield of five percent because mm-hmm. you're you'll pay ninety cents to get a dollar's worth of a bond that's going to mature in a couple of years. So there I'm are thinking that might be a whole podcast. That is, that is, we can get off a lot into to the unwrap weeds. there. Um, bonds are one. CDs are another option. CD yields have dropped. They have dropped yep. significantly. Whereas a couple of months, well, not a couple of months ago now, but probably five or six months ago, you could get for a, a two to five year CD, well, a, a, a one month to a five year CD, you could get five and a half, yep. 5.6, 5.7%. Those days uh, appear to be gone. Mm-hmm. But CDs are still an option. Yep. Bonds are an option. Um, I think the first thing I would suggest doing is having a conversation. If you have an advisor having a conversation about this and seeing what could our, what could our possible strategy be here if rates start to come down? It's such an individualized topic that it's hard to just, you know, generalize what you have options, but it's also not something where you have to do 100% of this option. Mm -hmm. It's understanding yourself, understanding your circumstances, understanding what you're trying to accomplish and achieve and finding what fits yeah. the most for you. There, there's plenty of ways to do it. It's just what what's going to give you the highest pr- likelihood of success mm-hmm. and what's going to help accomplish that success in a way that you're comfortable and is not creating a lot of anxiety in your retirement for you. From Shifting from an individual's perspective to a stock market as a whole perspective, $6 trillion in money market funds, to me, is something that can be a real positive for stock market performance going forward mm-hmm. in that eventually chunks of this money yeah, it's gonna go are somewhere. very likely to be reinvested into the stock market. And if interest rates continue to come down, right, it's going to push folks to say, well, I'm not getting nearly as much interest right. as I was previously off of bonds or CDs or money market funds, and now... Stocks seem like a better alternative for me over a longer term. So, yeah, I I agree with you. Psychologically, this is the person who maybe took some money out when things were not great. Yep. More than likely. And now things are better again. Took the money out at the not the best time. Yep. But now you're saying, oh, okay, market did well last year. Well, the you know the indexes did okay, did well last year. Things may have calmed down a bit here. And now returns aren't as great on this cash alternative. What do I do with it? Mm-hmm. And they've seen now, now you've, we're at that point where the gap between selling and feeling comfortable buying, I think has gotten wide enough for some folks that we may see significant chunks of this money go back into the stock market. Well, and I think it's a gap between that. And I think it's the fear of missing out FOMO because we look and think, wow, it, was, it ended up being a great last year. And most of that last year came in November and December. And, and because, from seven companies. Yeah, because um, August, September, and October were really challenging months for the market. Yep. So in those months, you're thinking, well, this is never going to stop. And we're about to head into a presidential election year, so things are only going to get worse. But if you abandon the ship, you missed out on November and December. And so now we're looking at it thinking, well, the market was up 25% last year, and I don't want to miss out on that again. Don't want to miss again. And yeah. this is where getting in and out can really become... Problematic. Yep. And that's where we'll end it this week. Contact the Wade Group at wadegroup at brightonsecurities.com or find them on Facebook or Twitter at the Wade Group. Thanks for listening to Wade Into Wealth, brought to you by the Wade Group at Brighton Securities.